can, can this feeble man with sweatpants and a cane do anything to me? Well, I may be weak, but I got me cane, and uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't try it. Um, and it's, 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 it's got some weight to it. Well, this morning we're going to talk about the Lord is peace, Jehovah Shalom. Um, and we're going to have our, our text based in Judges 6.24. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Judges 6. We'll be covering uh, Judges 6 through 8 really quickly. So, you know, peace has always been an elusive goal of mankind. You know, the Norsemen believed in peace through battle. And their battle prayer was this, carry we who die in battle over land and sea across the rainbow bridge to Valhalla, because Odin's waiting there for me. So for them, it was peace through conquest. Following the Great Depression in the uh, 1920s, the, Amer- the Communist Party um, sought to, to get people by saying, that they could have a peaceful society of collectivism where everybody could have a job and there would be the absence of religion. In the late 1930s, the American Communist Party realized that if they would get uh, Protestant pastors on their side, then they could do great things. And so American Protestant pastors were duped by the social justice programs of the Communist Party. And in 1941, thousands of pastors signed up and joined the party. So Eastern occultism, uh, Nietzsche's nihilism, and weak Protestant pastors in Germany allowed Hitler to manipulate the church. And this is what he said. He said, peace, peace is all I want, peace between the church and state. So he was seeking peace through deception. Well, years before he attempted to assassinate Hitler, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a pacifist. And this is what he wrote. He said, peace must be dared. It is a great adventure. So it was peace through pacifism and then peace through assassination. In 1941, weeks after the daylight bombing of Pearl Harbor, Winston Churchill came and addressed the American Congress, and this is what he said. He said, what kind of people do they think we are? Is it possible that they do not realize that we shall never cease to persevere against them until they are taught a lesson which they and the world will never forget? So in 1945, Peace was found aboard a B-29 super fortress with devastation named what? Little boy and big man. So it was peace through annihilation. Uh, Peace continued to be elusive throughout the Cold War when the U.S. and the USSR were trying to outspend themselves. And the brilliant uh, ruse of the Star Wars program was Reagan's plan to have peace, what? Through strength. So in, in when the wall fell down in, in Germany, there was oppression that fell down, peace through the falling of a wall. Well, peace, peace is something that we all want, and our topic today is Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. Uh, shalom is the biblical sense of wholeness. It is calmness. It is peace amid chaos. It is inside tranquility, and it's not bringing heaven here on earth but it's heaven, heaven in our hearts so that 
while we're here on earth, we can experience a little of what heaven is. So the name of God, Jehovah Shalom, is only used one time in the Bible in Judges 6.24. And as we look at this text, we're going to see a man named Gideon who made it into the Hall of Heroes in Hebrews 11, but he was a deeply flawed deeply scared man living among people who were also deeply flawed, who had no shalom in the Lord. They sought shalom in other things, in prostituting themselves to foreign gods. So they believed in peace through a simulation, but there was no peace. So Gideon's story, Judges 6 through 8, let's go through this. Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Why? Because the theme in Judges was every man did what was right in their own eyes. So God allowed the Midianites, the Amorites, and and many other eastern nations to continue to pillage and sack and plunder Israel. So they resorted to living in the mountains, hiding in caves. They were scared for their lives because God allowed them to be sold into slavery to these cruel nations. And however, at that point, they cried to the Lord, and the Lord had grace upon them, and he sent them a warrior. He sent them a hero. He sent them a judge. So the Lord heard their their prayers. So enter Gideon, this flawed man, hiding in pacifism. Gideon didn't know how to be free and have peace because he did not believe that the Lord is peace. He did not believe that Jehovah could bring him shalom. So the angel of the Lord, you know, what we believe is the pre-incarnate Christ, told him that he will be a mighty warrior. And Gideon responded in verse 15 of chapter 6, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least of my family. So Gideon did not believe what this stranger told him, and he tested him. And once he realized who he was speaking to, that this was the Lord God Almighty, he said, I am a dead man. Just like in Isaiah, years later, where Isaiah was in the temple, and he saw the Lord high and lifted up, and and he said, woe unto me, I'm a man of unclean lips, I'm dead. So what? Jehovah Shalom said to him, he shouted to him. You see the exclamation point in your text. He said, peace. Do not be afraid. You're not going to die. So enter into Shalom. Can you imagine that moment of worship when you realize for the first time that you can have peace through Jehovah? that he can give you true and lasting peace. Right there, Gideon worshiped, he believed, he trusted. And so he built an altar and he called it, the Lord is peace. So as we go down the story, first we see that Gideon uh, took his buddies and he cut down the Asherah pole, but he did it at night. And you see in 627, because he was afraid of his family and the men of the town, he did it at night. Then not long after this, you know, Gideon's faith continued to wane. And so he said, I'm going to test the Lord. I'm going to give him a fleece. So really, Scripture has one interpretation and limited applications. Don't Sunday school this one and say that we all need to put out a fleece and test the Lord. No, no, no. This was not a good story. This is Gideon not trusting 
that the Lord is peace. So God, again, turned Gideon's doubt into faith, and Gideon moved forward. Do you ever, you ever lose track of how much God fights for you? You ever lose track of that? And you don't have peace in your life? So Gideon prepared for battle, and he brought a massive fighting force. Why? Because he didn't trust the Lord. God said, no, you'll just take 300 men. And in 7-2, he said, I'm going to do this in order that Israel may not boast against me that her own strength has saved her. So Gideon again doubted. But, he, but God again gave him grace. He won the battle. Um, but, you know, Gideon didn't give the glory to God. You see in 720, uh, Gideon said, a sword for the Lord and a sword for Gideon. Oh, my. Sword for Gideon? Who, who are we to think we do this on our own? Who do, who do we think that we fight our battles? Well, sometime later, he, Israel asked him, they said, be our judge. And he said, I'm not strong enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not going to do it. And he wimped out one more time. And his insecurity led him to make a golden ephod for self-congratulations once again. And in 827, the scriptures say, all Israel prostituted themselves by worshiping it there and it became a snare to Gideon and his family so he was a flawed man that he knew shalom but it was in fits and starts bits and pieces his worshipful peace was continually fleeting he was lost at time anxiety led him to make stupid decisions and to fear you know what he is much like us much like us. You can't escape it. You want peace, but you often try to find it in other ways. I want peace, but I don't have peace about sharing the gospel with this person. I want peace, but I don't fear, feel comfortable yet getting into a small group, into a life group, or, or working with the youth. That would be too scary. I don't have peace trusting God with my marriage or my finances or my entire life to the Lord. No peace. Shalom, inside tranquility. Do you have it? Peace, knowing that God makes choices. And if we had all the facts, we would make the same choices that God makes. That is true peace, to trust in God. So I asked the, que the text four questions. And, you know, when you read your Bible, you really have to ask it questions. So the four questions is this. Why is shalom important? Um, what is anti-shalom? Um, what or where can I find shalom and how will shalom change my world? So first, why is shalom important? Shalom believes everything God said about himself to be true. Shalom does not let suffering destroy us. It doesn't destroy the peace that surpasses all understanding that will guard your hearts and minds through who? Through Christ Jesus. Contending with truth requires thinking, great thinking, especially when it deals with mankind, especially when it deals with seeing beyond our own mortality. Listen, when we are most satisfied with God in our suffering, he is most satisfied in our worship because we worship him through our suffering. The Lord is peace. Let us do better to remember the place marks in our lives. He made an altar so we'd remember it. Let us remember those times that God took care of us and not have a fleeting peace. 
So what is anti-shalom? Anti-shalom is anxiety. It can affect every aspect of our lives, our families, our marriages, our mourning, our work. It can affect how we're able to share the gospel. Isaiah 32 said this, the fruit of righteousness will be peace. Its effect will be quietness and confidence forever. The apostle Paul said the anxiety for peace is what? It's prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, making our request known to God. That's how we have peace. Jesus told us to cast all our anxieties on him because he cares for us. But we forget and we become proud. We forget the Lord of peace. Don't let anxiety conquer you. It's a hard battle, but it can be won through the Lord's strength. So where can I find shalom? Is Jesus the absolute best thing the world has to offer to you? It is only there that you can find true peace. There is no other way under heaven. But, you know, God does prepare our hands for battle because sometimes we, we can't live at peace. King David knew this when he slew the giant, when he killed the bear and the lion. He knew that God prepared his hands for battle, but he quickly forgot that dependence on God, and he made some just absolutely foolish mistakes. But, you know, Jesus overcame the world, and he said, Every burden of our souls can find their rest in him. So, men, we try to find our peace in, in our chi, in our zen, in our feng shui. But the only way we can find it is through Jehovah Shalom. Gideon and his people, when they didn't do this, they were accused of whoredom. They were called whores in the Bible for whoring themselves to foreign gods and to other things that will bring him peace. So men, be honest, you're not going to find your shalom in politicians, in pornography, in self-promotion. It'll only be found in God. So how can shalom change my world? The Prince of Peace, right? He came to save us, to continually save us through this life and to ultimately save us in the end. And he came to bring peace the angel said, to those on whom God's favor rests. Does his favor rest on you? You know, has God's grace so overwhelmed you that you cannot deny it? Calvin called this irresistible grace. Has God given you something that you don't deserve? Well, Jesus lived the life we should have lived, died the death we should have died, so that we can have this peace. Christian's ultimate treasure should be only found in Christ. And when we breathe our last breath, that's when we receive our ultimate treasure, right? And that's future hope, that future grace is what we live on every day. That's where we find our sense of peace. So if we can live in that hope, we can find peace. So here, we're going to end here this morning with some principles of application for next Tuesday for an America that might be involved in anti-shalom. So here we go. God is not only with you, he is for you. Do you believe that? <laughs> he's not only with America um, in, in the Christian church, he's for us. He believes in the church. So number two, peace can never be found in politicians or in the physical realm. It only is found in the metaphysical realm. We can only find our peace in heaven when we have heaven in our hearts, not heaven on earth but heaven in our hearts. You know, dependence on 
political figures can never solve our problems, but we've got to choose wisely. I held my little grandchild in my arms this week, uh, and, and I looked at him, and I said, how could I support a party that only their main thrust is to kill babies? 60 million have been killed. And I say, I, I, I can't support someone who, who, who their main thing is on infanticide. I have a little baby, and people kill this baby. How could I find peace in that? I, but in 1954, the Johnson Amendment said that churches cannot endorse a certain candidate and that so that we could have tax-exempt status, so we can write off our offerings. And that has made um, what, what Mash Walsh called a, a church of cowards who are afraid to take a stand when something is not right in the eyes of the Lord. So we've we got to do not what's right in our eyes, but what's right in God's eyes, right? That is the main thrust of what we do. God permits everything that happens, no matter what happens next week, God permits everything that happens, even things that he hates. God raises up rulers and kings. So your personal peace amid turmoil, turmoil can baffle those around you because it shows that you have an inner peace in Jesus Christ. Do you have it? <laughs> Is that how you live? Is that how you live in your home with your family at work? So a Christian... Uh, must not be afraid to take a stand. You've got to be tender in the Lord, but you've got to be tough. You've got to take a stand. Peace can be had, what Paul said, in danger and nakedness and sword. Why? Because we are more than conquerors through him who loved us so. Well, I always think of a song when I'm thinking of a text, and it always goes back to my, my childhood, you know, and, and singing... Uh, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. But Lord, for your coming in glory we wait. The sky, not the grave, is the goal. The trumpet shall sound and the Lord shall descend. Bless the Lord, bless the Lord, O my soul. So I have some uh, study questions on the sheet. I, I have some extra verses you can look at. I have some group questions. But I want to ask you this that's not on the sheet, not on the slides. Uh, please pray for our country in your group this morning. And let me end this morning by just offering a prayer to our Lord and thanking him uh, for what he does in our lives. Our Father in heaven, Lord, I thank you that Jehovah Shalom, the Lord of peace, is with us. Lord, let us live every moment of every day knowing that you are the peace that we can have in this world. And Father, I pray that many strong men and women will go out and vote for the candidate that will support your principles. Lord, the, the candidate that will uh, allow religious freedom, whoever that may be. But Lord, I pray that you help us protect the freedoms and the liberties that our forefathers envisioned for this great country. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name, the Lord of peace. Amen. Thank you, guys.